Welcome to Pet Biz Pep Talk, where we talk to the world's leading experts in the pet grooming industry. I'm your host, Georgia Gill from Savvy Pet Spa. Thank you for joining me today. Today, I'm going to be chatting to a number one selling author. She's all about animal welfare. She runs the Holistic Grooming Academy based in Scotland. Stephanie Zickman, thanks so much for joining us today. Tell us, first of all, how you got interested in the dog grooming industry, because you used to be a DJ, didn't you? I did, I know. So I was in the entertainment sector for seven years, so quite a long time before I actually made that transition. Um, And I think because I have four dogs at home, um, grooming fees were quite expensive on a monthly basis for me. Um, But also, you know, I had a lot of trouble with one of my dogs behaviourally as well. So for me, it just, it made sense to kind of learn more about the trade. Um, and also having two kids as well in the late night of the DJing, it just wasn't suitable anymore. So it just it just seemed like the natural transition for me. Tell me how you you started that then. How did you start down that road? Um, so I, I suppose I just looked up online any kind of local places that provided dog uh, grooming classes. I found a school about 40 minutes away. Um, attended my 30-day intensive training and took it from there. Um, the dogs I have at home, so I've got two double coats, I've got Tibetan Mastiffs. So they were, I, I absolutely adore grooming double coats. <laughs> and I could actually just niche and do that forever, I'd be quite happy. Um, but So I've got double coated breeds, I've got curly coated breed as well. So I've got a miniature poodle and I've also got a miniature Dachshund. So I had quite a good combination of different coats to experiment with at home. Um, and yes, I just built my kind of passion through through my dogs at home. How easy is it to start a business these days and how much support did you get along the way in those early days? Ah, again, I've been asked this before because I've always been in business. So I left school at 15, uh, went to college, got my degree in music, oddly, and started up an entertainment firm kind of naturally. Um, when I started up the pet grooming business, uh, there wasn't much help in terms of business, like strategy and things for grooming specifically. Um, so I guess you just kind of have to learn as you go. Um, but I think if you utilize the kind of resources around, I don't know if you guys will have like the likes of Business Gateway, because um, Business Gateway is quite a, a good resource to have. And obviously it does a, an element of like, you know, training days and events and things that you can go and network I suppose and things like that so I would say like trying to look in your area airs or chamber of commerce if you've got a a chamber of commerce in your area then maybe looking towards that as well for help. What's the kind of pitfalls um, and things to avoid when you're setting up your own dog grooming industry? (laughs) Don't invest in everything at once. (laughs) Oh my God, like honestly, so I've just relocated. Um, I used to work in a salon. I owned the salon. My, my husband and I deal with property as well. Um, so we bought our first commercial property, which would be uh, Scrub a Dug Dug, which was my business when I started three years ago. And I had it in my head that in order to start a successful grooming business, you had to invest in one of the best products and tools and as many of the best products and tools as you possibly could. So I took out a business loan <laughs> uh, with the bank and pretty much just spent everything on that. 
Um, and when I was relocating, so I've now got a, a pod outside the house. And when I was relocating, see the amount of like shampoos and things that I just hadn't touched, but had expired was mm. frightening. <laughs> so my, my, my personal experience is don't invest in so many products at the one time and also start with kind of cheaper scissors and things as well, because I've still got scissors that are like £300 I've never touched because um, again, it's just to do with comfort as well, isn't it? Go and go and get a feel for different types of scissors and things before you actually invest. You you run the Holistic Grooming Academy, which is obviously a, a, the focus on what products you use on the dogs um, and how you go about grooming them as well. Why are you so interested yeah. in, in in that? And I'm interested also to hear about your African experience because I believe that it started when you were working there and that you, you had a real interest in animal care and, and looking after looking after them. Um I don't know. See, to be honest, I think you either you either have that interest or you don't. So I've always been interested in natural care. Um you know, I've dabbled in holistic therapies in the past. I used to be a kinetic chain release practitioner, which was all about kind of putting the body into balance and all that kind of thing. So to have that transitioned into animal care just seemed natural to me. Um, when I was training, there wasn't enough emphasis on handling and behavior and things like that. And I suppose it for me, it was just a massive gap in our curriculum. Uh, having one of my Tibetan Mastiffs from the day we got her, um, she displayed quite a lot of aggression, things like that. Hadn't a clue how to handle it. When you're looking at courses for dog grooming, it, most of them advertise that it covers an element of canine behaviour. It's not what I saw. It wasn't my experience. So I suppose in a way, that was the kind of driving force towards me taking a more dedicated direction into holistic care for animals that makes so, sense yeah so what so what do you do that's perhaps a bit different to what other groomers do how does that come into play so we've the the, the focus tends to be i have to try and be careful with what i see and how it comes across because i've found in the past i've just said what i, I think and it doesn't come out the right way and i end up obviously offending loads of people so i don't want to do that but what we tend to find in the grooming industry is that it's it's all to do with the aesthetics. So we're under so much pressure to achieve like the perfect breed standard trim that we forget to really use our skills in observation and safe handling and the way that we conduct our roles as professional stylists. So if you if you look at the HGA's curriculum, we're very much about how to pick up in calming signals that a dog might express to show discomfort. Um, we, we think about how a dog communicates and how that's relevant when we're working with a dog. Um, we look about kind of functional characteristics as well. So obviously it, it depends on breed, like obviously it's, it's dependent on your breed, but at the same time, every dog's an individual. So it's respecting that as well. Um, it's just the areas in our industry that that's still a little bit outdated and it just needs a little bit of dedication and time to kind of bring it up to you know what we now know in science today. You, you said you say on your website that there are uh, big flaws in the industry that we are decades behind is that what you're referring to? 
Yeah, I think from a behavioural aspect and what we now know, it's no longer, you know, obviously there's a lot of things like you've got your handling restraints and things in the grooming industry, which we rely on in our minds as safety aids. So uh, we are we are taught that safety devices such as you know your groomers helpers and your neck nooses and all that actually enhance the experience because it makes it a safe environment. But my approach is that if we give our animals more consent and more choice, they will feel a lot safer in their environment and be less likely to resist the grooming procedure. So it's all about getting that cooperation. Um, through a mutual understanding. So how how do you do that? Time. <laughs> it takes time initially, and it, it does. And I think that's what kind of puts off many groomers because obviously time is money. Um, but if you can start to pick up on the cues and the signs that a dog's showing you, and you can learn to, to adapt your environment to make the, the entire context of the situation less stressful, then you're going to get cooperation and trust. And it means then that you're less likely to be bitten um, and you're less likely to have to fight a dog into submission, so to speak. And you know, all it takes is a little bit more time to actually build up that relationship with the dog so that he feels safe in the environment, which is fundamentally what the HGA is about. I'm, I'm interested to know also what what products you use um, and how you think that has an effect on the dogs? Um, products just depend again on each individual dog. Um, I absolutely love the dog and I range, which is based in Dorset. Um, and um, the lady that, that makes those products as well, it's 100% coconut oil based. You know, I think there's only three ingredients that she uses in them and it's all um, organic and natural. So. This is a topic that's really interesting to me because I was talking to somebody else on a podcast the other week there and she asked me about product and skincare and I've recently invested in a course um, on specifically products and skincare and it would be honestly it would be a lie to say that I know enough about products and skincare because I don't and two days of training with this lady um, my eyes are wide open to a completely different perspective when it comes to coat and skincare things that we're taught in our curriculum that again are being questioned now based on the biology of the actual skin of an animal it's unbelievable so it is an area that I, I can now say that I'm not confident in but that I'm learning about currently um, so again it's just it's a minefield though that is <laughs> you are Sorry, what was that? You are constantly learning throughout your career. I've noticed that you've done a lot of courses and a lot of a lot of signing up to th certain things in order to um, enhance your knowledge of the industry, which is fantastic. You're also um, you're also an expert on the Holistic Dog magazine. I understand as well. Yes, yes, I have. So, oh my gosh, honestly, that was a dream come true. Um, so Edition Dog Magazines, UK's top holistic magazine for dogs. So, oh my God, I, I love that. And I get to contribute as and when I've got something of value, uh, valuable, value, value to say. <laughs> God. Um, so I don't know if you, you bought or you read the, la the latest article that I wrote was actually a learning experience of mine. Um, and it was because 
my husband thought it was a really good idea to help me groom one of our Tibetan masters. Now he's never done it in the five years we've had the dog. So I have no idea why he decided to do it this time, but he'd went away and he tried to de-shed him. And what he's done is he's actually plucked, you know, the entire coat off of Louis. So he's now got like five bald patches in his skin. And uh, actually that, that, I, that's why I actually looked at the, it's, I think it's data method. I think that's what's, how she, how she kind of says it, data or data method. But that's actually what encouraged me to look up, you know, coat and skincare a lot more in depth because I was faced with obviously five baldy patches and I hadn't a clue how to restore the hair. So I was like, <laughs> and an upset oh dog. <laughs> it was horrible and I was like I can't walk them now because everyone knows I'm a groomer in the area and what are they going to think <laughs> but it's a lesson learned that we can't just I think because a few weeks before it I'd put up a post about how it's really it's really um therapeutic to, as a as a guardian at home to remove the dead coat from a double coated breed so I'd said in one of my articles prior to this experience why not try it at home? But I never really thought about the risks involved in that if you don't first go to a professional to be shown how to do it properly. Um, so my latest article was all about that experience and how it's really important that you seek professional advice before you ever try anything like that at home. <laughs> um, so you avoid that yourself kind of thing. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, you deal specifically now, don't you, with dogs with trauma? I do, yeah. So now that I've relocated, I'm now outside my home and I call it a rehabilitation clinic. So now all I, I do now is take vet referrals or other groomers referrals. And my job or my intention is to work with dogs that are really, really sensitive and try and rehabilitate them into not being happy being groomed because that's sometimes not possible, but being comfortable enough to be groomed. And then hopefully having them move on to then different groomers who can then manage, you know, the dog a whole lot better so that I'm always having a kind of flow of dogs coming in that really need that extra service. Um, and it's quite nice now as well, because any dogs that I've had that have been really good at grooming can now be referred on to other groomers. So it's kind of helping one another as well. And it's how I always say, like in business, one of the things I've never agreed with is comp like competition. I don't think that it's a good idea to look at other groomers in your area as competition because really they're your allies and they should always be. Um, and it's that they, you know, especially if you're one-to-one -one groomer, God, like if you fall sick, you're in big trouble. Um, so you need to rely on, you know, your supportive network in your area. So that's one tip in business that I would always say that you should remember. And, and tell me about um, pitfalls and areas to avoid when you're starting out in the industry. Um, I think the most common one would be undercutting. I think everyone, honestly, <laughs> and I was guilty of that as well, because you, you obviously as a new start, you think you need to get footfall through the door. But I think from the get go, you have to remember that you are a professional and you are an expert in your field, so to speak. And you, you know, you're valued to someone, so you shouldn't be undercutting. Um, I think that there's, I don't know, you get a lot of people that, kind of chance it as well because you are new and it's so easy to kind of fall into that self-sabotage where oh maybe I'm a wee bit more inexperienced so okay I can give you an x amount of discount just don't fall for it just set your prices the way you intend to have them make sure you're, you're breaking even and just you know work as you mean to go on 
And, and how important are our business management systems such as Savvy for helping you have a smooth day-to-day running of the business? So I'm going to be completely honest with you. All right. I'm a one-to-one groomer. I have quite a, a small clientele, so I don't actually need a booking system. However, I think that the likes of a booking system for your multi-grooming establishments particularly can be a lifesaver. And I'll be honest and say that I'm not the best at organizing things either. So there have been times where people have turned up and I've had like three people turn up at the same time. And I know for a fact, if I had a booking system, that probably probably would never have happened. (laughs) So I do see the benefits to it. Tell me about your training courses that you do, because you train students from um, all around the world, don't you? Yes. Yeah, so I've only got at the moment, I've only got one accredited course running. Um, that is the Holistic Groomer Certification. And that covers your canine behaviour, your safe handling, positive reinforcement, positive training techniques, self-care, which is massive. I mean, we all need a wee bit more self-care, don't we? Developing compassion, business support and strategy and product and skin care, the basics. Um, And that one's CPD UK approved and also accredited through the Complementary Medical Association, which is internationally recognised. So that runs on a yearly basis now and it's restricted to 30 students a year. And that's just so that everyone gets the best possible support they can um, from the tutors that are there so as it's it's a good course it's so you've got that going on but you're also an author I'm not sure how you have the time to do all of this but tell me about tell me about that and two (laughs) children of course two kids four dogs I know it's I know and a husband he's probably the most difficult (laughs) to manage um, yeah, so I've got, at the moment, I've got The Magic of Holistic Grooming, which was released in March 2021. So that's a, that's a number one bestseller on Amazon, which I was really proud of. So that, that was my first book. From that, I was signed by a publishing company down south to write a training manual. So that's in publication at the moment. It's still in the, the kind of first drafts. Um, phase at the moment but it's intended to be released next year which is really exciting Um, and I'm just about to release my very first children's picture book I can be a dog detective yay I I love (laughs) I love the look of it I love the look of it already do you know something tell me about that um so it's 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 all about safe interaction with the family dog um Again, through my own experience as a mother with four dogs, two children, it's such an important topic. Um, So every character in the book is based on a real life dog, which I thought was quite nice. So there's a combination of my own dogs at home, family dogs, and also client dogs. And it's just, um, so Jack is a dog detective. Um, He's based on my eldest son, Jack. And he takes children through different scenarios that you might find in the the family home and how, you know, I was talking about calming signals. So it highlights different calming signals that a dog might show, what that means and how to obviously respond to those signals and hope to reduce the kind of child and dog bite rates, hopefully. And so what are you thinking about doing any more of that kind of um, of the writing and filling your time in, in other aspects away from the grooming? 
Yes, I mean, I've, I've already decided that the, the children's picture book is going to be a series. Um, so that's going to be a series. And I'm thinking of doing like activity packs and things like that as well. Um, I've also um, done my Kids Around Dogs instructor certification. So I want to start going into schools and, and talking about safe interaction in schools. I think because behaviour is such a, it's kind of a taboo subject still with a lot of groomers. Um, and I think that's just something that people need to speak more about. So I can see my direction going kind of down the route of tutoring, teaching and speaking as opposed to grooming. But I'll always have my, my grooming clinic as well, though I think I'll always be working <laughs> on something. Speaking to a lot of people in the industry, um, mental health seems to be a big issue um, amongst people in the grooming industry. Um, do you think that it's a particularly stressful job? I know that there's a massive problem with people. You, you touched on it earlier, taking time out from the industry and, and that kind of time management. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think the kind of weird thing is, I mean, I, I've always suffered clinical depression since a young, since I was, I think, 12, I was diagnosed. Um, I came into dog grooming thinking it would be a lot better for mental health, but really it's in every industry and it's rife. I think there's a lot of pressure on groomers because of that expectation from guardians and how to be the perfect stylist and things like that. Working with dogs that are maybe challenging as well and not knowing how to communicate and interact with them. Um, there's so much pressure in our industry. I think that having as many different, I don't know, external things not very technically spoken am I but external sources helping you to make business that wee bit easier we don't really talk about the cons of running our own businesses we're all about you know on Facebook on Instagram and all that it's, it's all the good things about running a business but behind the scenes and the logistics are, are where you're really getting stressed um, so as it's, it's to do with taking a break and actually trying to, to think of ways to delegate tasks and make your job a little bit easier. You, you, you said in a, in a previous interview that dogs actually probably saved your life. Yeah, uh -huh. and you know, in, in science as well, we can now reveal that in interacting with dogs it actually helps us to release serotonin and oxytocin which is the loving hormone so we actually do have that therapeutic quality when we interact with our dogs and it's it's a two-way two-way communication as well dogs also have that experience um it's one of those things when i when i used to get really low i would go and i would brush it sounds really silly and it sounds like kind of sounds a bit cringy, but I used to go and brush one of the Tibetan Mastiff's coats because it kind of took my mind away from how I was feeling. Um, and in that sense, you know, I can remember as well, I mean, the first time I ever really believed that dogs had a connection to their humans and I had taken, a, it was a panic attack. And Louis, my Tibetan Mastiff, he's a very aloof dog, you know, he likes his own space and that's fine, but he actually sensed the onset of my panic attack and had came and sat right next to me and had his like his face and everything was like leaning up against my leg as though he was supporting my stance and I never I've never forgotten that because it just it highlighted to me how connected we are to other animals and that healing quality that they have 
Yeah, that's a, that's an important aspect of the job, isn't it? That connection that you you have with the, with the animals and and how to read them. Tell me um, now, Stephanie, what you do in your spare time when you do have some to relax with the family. You've got two children. What do you go off and do? <laughs> it's a really difficult question. Do you know, I don't take much time off. I'm such a bad mother. Um, we do like taking walks with the dogs. Um, so trying to get in as much nature again is such a cliche these days. And I think, but with lockdown and whatnot, we all kind of embrace nature a little bit more. Um, so we thoroughly enjoy going. There's a wee bit down the road from us, which is overgrown with bushes and trees. Like nobody goes there, but it's fantastic for the dogs to forage. But also I have two boys and they adore climbing trees. So we try and go there every weekend um, and we try our best. Have you ever heard of the Adventure Challenge? Yeah. Yeah, so we've just bought that for the family and we're trying to do one of them every kind of every weekend or every odd weekend so that we're doing something different. Um, but the other week there, we took them to the, it's called Inflation Nation or something. And it's like this bouncy thing. Um, and we went there and oh my gosh, honestly, it's just, it, it was so good to actually do something that wasn't work related or dog related. <laughs> uh, but honestly, I was in pain the next day, to be fair, but it was great fun. So having that kind of discipline as well, okay, although like, you can love your job, it becomes a burden and you start to resent it if you don't take a break from time to time. So it's actually forcing yourself to do something that doesn't involve work at all. Um, so yeah, so the adventure challenge is one that we're, we're trying to do every weekend. How, how do you, you mentioned earlier about staying connected with the dog grooming industry. How do you guys um, up in Scotland stay connected? Have you got a good, I mean, have you got a WhatsApp group? How do you, how do you do it? There's obviously things on the internet that people can access like Instagram groups and, and so forth. But what, what's your favourite way of getting in contact and just discussing your, your day if you need to with, with another groomer? Well, see, the thing is, is well, what there are there are loads of forums online on Facebook and things, but I think as well, see your mental health, you, you don't want to be dependent on like social media all the time. Um, so it's certainly something that we need to kind of come away from. Right now, it's all forum based or, you know, Facebook group based. Um, what's really nice is recently one of the local groomers to me, Claire, she's organised a Christmas night out. Now, we've never done that. So I'm thoroughly looking to, looking forward to actually having that face-to-face -face contact. Now, obviously, lockdown measures have eased a little bit as well. We can start to really communicate and interact in, in person. Um, but I think it's really important to have, like, even a monthly check-in with surrounding groomers in your area just to have that emotional support network. What was the competition like um, in Scotland in terms of the uh, awards and stuff like that? You've won quite a few. Um, how important are they in the industry? Um, I suppose it just depends on your ambitions. Um, like for me, Claire, uh, Claire McGregor, she's a fantastic stylist, probably one of the best in, in our area, probably in Scotland. Um, she She's won loads of awards. I've came head to head with her a few times at awards. Um, but the thing is, for what she does, she well and truly deserves that. You know, she is a fantastic stylist. It depends on what you're going for. So, you know, she's won loads of awards in that sense. My awards that I've won, the ones that matter to me are kind of more specific to behaviour and holistic care. And there's not many out there. 
um, especially for groomers right now. So the best one I've got is the the, the, the most rewarding one that I won was um, Best Pet Influencer. And yeah. that was for the Scottish Pet Industry Awards. Yeah, that, that, was, that, that was, was a good one. That's something to be proud yeah. of for sure. Yeah, so that was good. And I've, I've been runner up for Best Pet Grooming Business uh, 2019, 2020 and 21 um, for the Scotland's Business Awards. Um, and I think I was up for one in Animal Star Awards as well. I think that was Best Pet Groomer, maybe. Um, and I've won one at the Lux Life Awards. I can't remember what one I won for that. But it becomes a point where you think, yeah, it's good winning awards and it's good to get that recognition. But I think I've, you know, my direction's now focusing more on the quality of care that I'm giving my clients, but also my students. So... And my direction's kind of going away from that now. If you're wanting to compete in things like that, I, I certainly say like going in for your kind of grooming competitions is totally worth it. Um, for me, it's just, yeah, I'm not really going for them anymore. So so just finally, um, Stephanie, what is in your future? What's your five to 10 year plan? Ah, gosh, I don't know. <laughs> Um, probably expanding on the academy. So I'm already in the process of writing a few more courses for that. Um, I had looked at getting city and guilds approved as well, but it's so expensive. Um, we'll see. And hopefully talking a lot more at a lot more events as well. So um, probably more tutoring and teaching. Fantastic. Well, um, I know that you'll be successful in whatever you do in the future. Stephanie, thank you so much for talking to us today. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. And if you'd like to find out more about how you can benefit from one of the best business management systems in the industry, head over to our Facebook page. We'd love it if you give us a like and a follow. You can follow us on Instagram or click on the link below to subscribe to our YouTube channel at Savvy Pets Bar. Thanks so much for joining us today. See you soon. Yeah.